Okay, today's guest is a sports presenter and producer with an entrepreneurial mind and a passion for high quality content. His knowledge of football and love of sport has seen him find a career in media and present for organisations such as Optus Sport, Be In Sports and even produce content for the Australian Open. His energetic nature and polished hosting skills have entertained us during the current Euro 2020 tournament while behind the camera he's working around the clock as a co-founder and director of his production agency, I Want It Yesterday. This man has a great philosophy on football and loves having fun and giving the fans a voice. And as a fan of his work, I can't wait to give him a voice today. It's Mr. Claudio Fabiano. Welcome to the podcast, Claudes. Wow, thanks for having me. That's a gorgeous intro, mate. Thank you so much. <laughs> no problem, mate. I'm happy to have you here. I know you're probably used to hearing this, but I've uh, I've been going to bed with you most nights over the past couple of weeks. So with your show starting late, I like to watch it under the dunas on, on Optus Sport, mate. What's the last month been like for you? Uh, it's been awesome. Like working in football media now for a couple of years, but never having done a, a lot of live, but also just a tournament. When I, when I started at Optus, everyone was kind of like, oh, is this your first tournament? Like it's, it's, it's a bit of a thing in the industry. When you do a tournament, you, you get used to, not only do you become like such a close knit family because you see the same people every day, but also you just get used to not sleeping. You got a little bit crazy at the same time. You have so much fun. So um, for me, it's my first footballing tournament. Um, a lot of the time these people travel for it, but because one of the, one of the kind of positives is that because everyone had to stay here in Australia, I guess that the office was so busy. So many people that I grew up watching on TV around me every day. So it's just been, yeah, it's, it's been almost surreal at times and a lot of fun. It's ending this weekend and I wish it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, you said then that the chemistry with, with the people and, um, like a close knit family, I wanted to ask you how well you knew Mel before um, the start of this tournament? Because your chemistry with her is awesome um, every night when you're doing the show. Did you know her beforehand? And if not, what's the secret of kind of building a good chemistry on, on air? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I'd never met Mel before. Um, we we met probably about a week before we started the show just to do some photos. Yeah. And from the first moment I met her, I was a little bit nervous because Mel being very experienced in this sphere and me kind of coming in as a little bit of a disruptor, just this young guy that started creating content. So I wasn't sure how, how she was going to take it being so well known in the industry. Um, but she was amazing from the first day. And I had a good feeling from the first moment I met her because she really gave me the time of day to, to learn about me, what I like, what I do. We had laughs and fun straight away. And so, yeah, yeah, I couldn't have, I, there probably couldn't have been a better person for me to do this show with my respect for her. It was already high, but it's gone through the roof now. Yeah. Awesome, mate. I wanted to ask you about your passion for football because it's very evident in the way you present, but so you grew up in Sydney, you played for Sydney Olympic, I believe, Marconi and you Sutherland, uh, Sutherland Sharks in the NPL. Decent footballer as well, I've heard. Uh, you spent some time overseas playing. Was it injuries that kind of stopped your progression when you were over there? Yeah, so I, I grew up playing for those clubs, exactly right. Uh, I had a little bit of time with Sydney FC and then I, I had a bit of time overseas, um, once in Germany with Hoffenheim when I was 16 and once in England with Accrington Stanley. What happened was I, I had about six surgeries between the age of 18 and 24, so almost, almost one a year. I had a few on my knee, but I had three on my hip and I had a condition where I had to get my hip resurfaced. So I've got a ceramic hip now. Um, it was, yeah, it was tough. It, it happened while I was at Marconi. It was an injury that started it and I couldn't get over it. So I, I'm still playing. I wasn't supposed to ever play again, but I'm still back playing in the NPL now because I can't really stay away from it. But having so much time in recovery rooms, on the sidelines, I, I started to doubt whether I could actually put together five, six sessions a week. And I started to think, okay, 
my way to influence local football might not be as a player anymore. I might have to find another way to do it. And I guess you got to be positive in life. And for me, I, I see it as a bit of a blessing because I would have never been doing what I'm doing if I was still playing, if I continued to play through all those years. Maybe I would have become a professional footballer, but I love what I'm doing now. And so I, I see the, the positive in what happened. Mm. A lot of people say when they go overseas, they get a better uh, understanding of football as a whole. Did you feel like your experience over there is, is helping you a lot with what you've been able to do today? I think my experience over there, I've got a passion for football that comes from also having a family split around the world. So even before I played over there, I went to watch football in Argentina, in the US, in Italy, in Germany, in England. So I watched a lot of football. I already embraced that. Playing over there, I think what I learned at a young age was that we are not too far off the highest levels of the game over there at a youth level. It's just the infrastructure, the passion, the way it's set up over there allows their players to excel in those later years of development. So I think what I learned, what was probably what I learned more than anything was that serious change needs to happen here because the talent and the ability is here at a young age, but between that 15, 16 and 21, there's no infrastructure to develop our players. So I think that made me more passionate to think it's the long shot, but any way that I can make the game more interesting, any way that I can build the hype around the game and subsequently the money that's involved in the game so that these players can eventually have the infrastructure they have over there. That's a kind of side passion for me. Maybe one day get involved in the governing body. So I'd say my time overseas probably opened my eyes to how professional and, and why Europe is where it is when it comes to football, because it's just embedded in the culture. That's right. And there's so much potential here as well, man. And you've seen, you know, when, when David Davidovich is going around to different clubs and having a drink with them and you see the passion that we've got here, there's so much potential there. And you even know playing in the NPL, there's a lot of clubs there that have roots to, you know, different cultures, Italian clubs, that sort of thing. Um, when, like in the future, do you see Australia getting to that standard? You said maybe looking for a position in, as in the governing body. Do you, can you see that in, in the near future? Yeah, I think so. It's going to be it's going to be a tough grind, but I think so. I think football is definitely moving in the right direction. I I'm I'm pretty confident with that. I think we had some poor years after, you know, it's kind of done this for all its history and and we had a bit of a lull in the last 5-6 years since the Asian Cup. I think that's quite evident. Now with the local game moving to a new broadcaster, this new injection of money in the game, the APL splitting from the FA, I think there's a lot of positives in the local game now. And for me, you can't deny that football, we always call it here in our office, we always call football is like a potato. You know, you, you can you can throw it anywhere and it grows and you don't have to even touch it. It just grows organically. And there's no doubt that even with the mistreatment, even though the National League wasn't doing too well, money wasn't there, all these factors, mm. negative media, press, still football participation grows every single year. It's just, it's an unstoppable cycle and it's an unstoppable beast. So I think that, People sooner or later have to take notice. The money will come into football. The 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 spectacle will continue to grow. I hope the the biggest thing for us is that the A League needs to get better. Players need to stay here. I learned that at a young age as well. Regardless of my injuries, it's not what it used to be. You go overseas at sixteen. It's it's not what it used to be. You don't get accepted the way maybe they used to get accepted. Um, it's very hard to make it as an Australian player overseas. So we need to grow our local game. Keep our best players here. And when the league gets better, everything will get better. So I'm, I'm confident that to answer your question, it won't happen in five, 10 years, but maybe I hope I'm confident in our lifetime, we can be a global competitor of football. I love it, mate. And I love your passion. Um, with that passion, it obviously got to where you are today. Where was your first start in the sports media world? 
Uh, my first start was during these injuries that I was talking to you about. My brother, who's 10 years older than me, he worked over in the UK um, very much for a lot of clubs, worked for FIFA in their World Cup campaign. He was very much involved in, in media around football. He returned to Australia. And between myself, him and our business partner, who's a quite an experienced cinematographer and videographer in football, we teamed up and we started a page called Sportly, which, you know, when you start in this industry, no one's just going to give you a chance. So what you've got to do is kind of the beauty of the world we live in is you can just start your own platform, like what you've done, like what all creators do, create your own platform, create your own content. And once you start to get that attention, then the big traditional broadcasters might give you a go. So that's what we did. Sportly, we created everything from graphics to shows to 20-second content, mini docos. We created anything that came to our mind in our spare time. And, and that got the attention of being sports. They were the first ones to see that. And um, we ended up getting our own show that we have weekly on being sports as a result of that. So it didn't happen overnight, but yeah. that, that's, that was the progression. Was that you mentioned that was a highlight for you in your career previously? Is starting your show for being sports? Is that still your your highlight? It, it's it's a special one for me because you know regardless of what I do now, that one was really out of nowhere, and we had you know they, they took a punt on us. They really did, and we were just like a bunch of kids creating content, and there was really no right for a traditional broadcaster to give us our own show, but we. We worked around the clock to make it work. It was tough in those first few weeks. We thought we weren't going to even get a pilot to them because we were learning about it on, on, on the job pretty much. I can say that now because we've been <laughs> successful. Um, but it was just, it was such a good learning experience to do it with some of my closest friends. And to it's, it's, I love being on the show, for example, for Optus. I'm loving it every night. And the beauty of the Bean show, though, is like we have complete control of it. We write it, we direct it, we edit it we everything so when you when you've got something like that in your control and you can control the message the highlights everything it's it's really special so it was good to get that experience at such a young age and now i can relate to producers to directors to camera guys because I've, I've done all that already as well yeah. so it was it was really important experience for me mm. what, what you're doing now so i want it yesterday is is something it was founded in 2018 i believe and it's specializing in in digital sports content for the gen z audience um, and you've said in the past, which I found interesting, almost all broadcasters in Australia are struggling to connect with anyone under 30. So that's your, your target audience there. But do you feel that they're disconnected from the, the usual broadcasters? Yeah, definitely. Traditional media is, is struggling a little bit because I think we live in this cool world where now traditional media needs to embrace modern media. I say, I don't say social media, I say modern media instead, because it's not always the most social. Um, so that, that kind of synergy between the two, you know, most people would consume their news through Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, but they won't sit and watch channel seven, channel nine news. That's just the way the world is going now. So I think for the traditional broadcasters, I'm definitely not saying to put them in the bin because there is a place for that type of media, but they've got to accept and embrace and work together. It's, it's not like we're making it up because it's happened overseas. And we always use the example of people like Sky Sports in the UK, which rather than trying to block out new young creators they actually acquired a lot of the the pages they acquired i think it was the football daily yeah they bought it yeah and they kept it as football they didn't try to call it like sky sports daily yeah. no no they, they kept it as football daily they understood that while they'll talk to one audience we'll talk to another audience and at the end of the day we're all talking football and the game will grow yeah. so that understanding has already happened overseas and i think it's starting to happen in australia so we just parked ourselves right in the middle um at, at a pretty right time yeah, I love that, man. I love that. Tell me what you're doing there day to day. So what type of projects are you um, doing at the moment? 
So at the moment we're, we're chatting still, we'd be in sports about season two. They want to lock in a, a new season and, and a lot more opportunities to kind of run with it, do our own thing. Um, we've been recently chatting to ESPN about a basketball show as well, a social show, same thing with them. Like they're smashing it at a, at a traditional broadcast level. But what they're finding is there's so much conversation around the game that maybe there's just, there's an untapped market there. So many people on social, they go there straight after the match to talk amongst each other. Mm-hmm. Whereas they, they should be bringing them all into an ESPN platform to talk between them and get fans, give fans a voice. There's this cool, cool transition now, thanks to a lot of the people in the UK, Arsenal fan TV, Red yeah, full-time yeah. devils, you know, people love to hear fans point of view, not just an ex player or an expert. I love what the fans do because they swear because they get passionate. Okay. So we've been working on a lot of that. And, and probably the most exciting one for me, we're working very closely with the new APL. So the new A league, um, W league yep. organization, just, you know, it's incredible what they're doing. They're in charge now to revamp the entire game, not just that 90 minutes on the field, but everything around it. So we've been quite involved in the process and that's a really exciting one for us. We're, we're working on different things every day about little something as, as small as what the graphics could look like mm-hmm. to, to reach a new audience to something as big as what a magazine show could look like for the A-League and W-League. So there's been a lot of that going on recently and every day is different. You never really know what type of brief is going to land on the table. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it, mate. Hey, the last one before I ask you about the actual Euros, I, I want to know your best piece of advice to say uh, aspiring sports uh, media professionals like yourself. What's something you could tell them to, that, to take with them to, into the future? The best advice I could give, and I've, I've had a few people message me recently and I say the same thing to them and it, it's just about collaboration and working together because we belong to this new generation of creators and what I've realized since working with traditional broadcasters, traditional media people is that media once upon a time was, I want that job as a presenter. So I will step on anyone I can to get that job. And because of that, there was a, there's a lot of characters in there that, that mentality of like dog eat dog world in the media is dying. That doesn't exist anymore because we come from a realm of social media where instead it's like you and me, let's do a piece together so that my audience see you and your audience see me and we both grow. And that's the environment we come from. And it's such a powerful tool that we can do. We are so collaborative. So my advice to anyone would be no matter how small your audience may be, Find other people with similar audiences, similar aspirations, collaborate, create content together. And if you just keep collaborating, everyone will grow together and we'll all get to where we want. There's enough room. You look at the fragmentation of football now, Paramount, Stan, Optus, Bein, Sports Flick, you know, it's everywhere. It's on so many different channels. There's enough room for all of us to have a role in the game now, which is nice. So my advice is just collaborate, 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 reach out to people that do similar things as you. They don't even have to be in your city like us. We're in different cities, yeah. you know, and uh, and just create content together and, and we'll all we'll all get to where we want to be. Brilliant, brilliant piece of advice. I, I completely, 100% agree with that. It's great. Hey, let's talk about the final. Um, what are your thoughts? Because you're Italian, Italian background, uh, as am I, and we were very nervous uh, on Wednesday morning our time uh, during that game because Spain probably played uh, the better game than the Italians. The Italians got through. Are you still confident going into the final against England? I wanted England in the final, to be honest with you. I did. I wanted England over Denmark because when I look at that Danish fairy, a fairy tale is hard to stop. And, and there's, there's, there's things that are, are more important than skill level. 
So I was worried about that Danish team. If they made the final, Christian Eriksen, it got announced, was going to attend the final with his family. I was worried about that because I think that some things in football that are just more powerful than what you can explain. I would have rather played the English. So for me, after watching that game as well, against Denmark, I'm glad it went to 120 minutes. So both teams had to play 120. Um, And they didn't impress me immensely. Yes, they're at home. Yes, you know, 60,000 English will be in the stadium, but that could work in anyone's favor. When I look at this Italian team and I see how tight-knit they are after every game, how many assistant coaches Mancini has, and they're all ex-players and everyone's together. And Gianluca Vialli's been sick, but now he's part of the squad. And that, that camaraderie that they have, I really believe that even at Wembley with 60,000 against them, with England at home, with all this hype, I believe this Italian team can can upset it in the final. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm a little bit nervous as we all should be, as the English are too. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it. It's the final that all football fans wanted. That's right. If if there was one worry, what, what would it be? Because a little bit of concern about the speed of England going in attack when you've got Chiellini and Bonucci at the back. I know Alvaro Morata got through a few times. Spain cracked them a couple of times. And obviously Spinazzola is not there anymore. And Emerson doesn't offer defensively as much as he did. Is that your only concern? My concern with the English is probably, I would say, Sterling and Saka or Sancho, whoever starts on the wings. Now that Spinazzola is out, like you mentioned, Emerson, Di Lorenzo, I I really like him as a right back, but I think he's shown, even even against Belgium with the penalty that he gave away, he flies into some challenges and he's he's quite, he can be quite hot-headed like that. And when you got players like Sterling, who we saw in the semi-final, any chance he can, he will go down. The game is in Wembley, sixty thousand roaring. What worries me? If I had one worry, it's that those tricky wingers will get into the box, and any contact they will go down. And with a crowd like that, we'll concede a penalty. So I'd say <clears throat> that's probably my only. That, that's my biggest worry in this game. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good point. So last one, what's your score prediction then? What what's <sighs> the what's the final score of the final? Oh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. Um, I don't like doing predictions, but I, I'm going to say Italy will win the Euros against mm-hmm. England. The final score in a in 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 the absolute highlights of Bonucci and Chiellini's career, the best performance that both of them ever give. Yep. Italy win one nil at Wembley. <laughs> that would be brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> fingers crossed. Where, where are you watching? Where are you watching the final? Well, I, I was talking to Optus because I, my show's at nine PM, so usually I don't work the games. But for England Denmark, I did a bit of a stream during the match, and they said to me, "They're like, oh, we'll see you again for Monday morning." And I was like, "Excuse me," because I watched every game. <laughs> my dad, my brother, <clears throat> my mum, my family at home. Yeah. So I was really looking forward to doing that again. So I'm I'm, I'm speaking to it at the moment. If if it's not completely necessary for me for me to be there i would much rather watch it in my living room i'm a bit superstitious like that too yeah yeah we've got our our flags our scarves set up everything set (laughs) up so i would like to watch it at home with my family yeah brian you're a family man i love that all right Claude. with all my guests i like to do 10 quick questions at the end first thing that pops to your head man all right let's go your favorite food uh pizza uh favorite movie oh i'm sounding so italian here uh godfather (laughs) Uh, favorite Italian player of all time? Oh, favorite Italian, uh, Fabio Cannavaro. Yeah, one. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Um, if I could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? That's a good question. 
I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna here Sydney, Australia. Sydney, yeah, very nice, yeah. very nice. Um, favorite person you've ever interviewed? Hmm. Um, I interviewed Guy Mendieta. He's a cool guy. Ex footballer. He's now a DJ. He's just such a cool guy. Yeah. Mendieta. Love it. Um, if you could take the spot of one starting Italian player for the final and play in their in their spot, who would it be? Who would you replace, Lords? I would replace Leo Bonucci because Bonucci's great, yeah. but I think myself next to Chiellini with that leadership, I think we'd do a good job. <laughs> I think we'd do a good job. Very good. I love it. Uh, if you had the freedom to produce and host a football show on any platform, which you almost do really, what would be the theme and who would you choose? If you could choose a host from anywhere in the world, who would host next to you? Wow. Um, I would produce... A local football show, but that shines the light on culture, on pretty much what everything like similar to what football belongs has been for Optus. So it'd be about Australian football, but embracing all the cultures from the levels underneath the A League as well. And on that show, I got I got to be loyal. I would say I would like to host it with my current co-host, Melba Walker. Brilliant! You love to do that. Uh, <laughs> if you had a time machine, you could go back to any sporting moment in history. Where would you go? Um, that I was alive for? No, any, any. Any? Uh, in that case, I'd, I'd love to be able to travel and experience Maradona in the 80s at Napoli because it just would have been, it would have gone crazy. So either the UEFA Cup final or when he won the Serie A in Napoli. Yeah, unbelievable. Have you seen his documentary, by the way? Yeah, yeah, it was brilliant. That was brilliant. Yeah, That's what a legend. Um, what is one thing about you that most people don't know? Um... There's probably a few things. Um, one of them would be that I am a sucker for musicals. I love musicals. Of course. Oh. Yeah. So live, live theatre, Disney sing-alongs, things like that. <laughs> I absolutely, I absolutely love musicals. There you go. All right. Last one. So you've got all the kits from the Euro teams, I believe. I've seen every night with different kit. Other than Italy's, what is your favourite kit from the tournament? Um, some nice ones. I really like Slovakia's kit. Slovakia's? Yeah, Slovakia's kit was cool. It was like just, they, they took a stab with it. They went with an awesome pattern. Um, it's, yeah, I'd say Slovakia had the nicest kit. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant, my man. Hey, it's been so much fun to chat to you today, mate. I really appreciate your time and I love what you're doing. And I hope that if I'm in Sydney or you're in Melbourne, we'll catch up together, we'll grab a beer and uh, we'll celebrate the Azzurri winning the cup in 2020. Well, definitely, I hope so. I'm, I'm overdue a trip to Melbourne, so I'll definitely try and get down there as soon as we're allowed to. Um, but thanks for having me on. I absolutely love what you do as well. And, and I always say this anytime I speak to any football creator, it's because of you guys that the game is moving in the right direction. So let's keep doing what we're doing. Well done. Let's do it, man. Thank you. I'll speak to you soon, mate. Ciao. Speak to you soon. Ciao.